The show that takes you home. The Home Stretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome into the Home Stretch, ESPN Kansas City. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! You know why? No. It's a Briscoe Friday, baby. Let's go, baby. Briscoe Friday legitimately on a Friday. Dylan Michaels behind the glass. Double woo. Chiefs have a bye. Triple woo. You call this a red bye day? Uh, this is, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, I tweeted I'm, it and I got four likes, so it's, well, it can't be that good. No, it wasn't, but it was okay. You yeah, know? yeah. It was like a six and a half or so out of ten. Maybe a seven. That's what people tell me what Red, I look like. They're like, you're about a six, six and a half. Maybe a seven. Or, uh, slightly above average, yeah. You could, you could probably shine this thing up to yeah. a seven. Uh, no, yeah, it's a, red, it's a red bye day here in Kansas City. I like that. I think you got to say it with a little more confidence, really hyphenate it, make that pause known. I tried. I read bye day. I don't know. That's, that's pretty was bad. was worse that time. Yeah, that was, I'm getting worse. Kind of like my radio career. I peaked when I was six. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, like, I don't know that you've peaked yet, but then I remember that that, that you did definitely. Yes, peak I at definitely age peaked. Six, at age talking about six. Uranus on the radio. Yeah, which that's a deep great, poll. Great for, content. Great poll for those who consistently listen to AES, including almost entirely sports with Josh Briscoe, yeah. without Josh Briscoe, with Sterling Holmes yep. on ESPN Kansas City. That was a that's a big poll. Sometimes, excuse me. Sometimes you've got to reward the longtime listeners with the good stuff. You know, that's you're right. It's it, that is for a narrow audience, but the audience who that is for those are the diehards, those are the people who've been around for a minute who have heard you refuse to pronounce the word Uranus the way your teacher wanted you to pronounce it. Yeah, in third grade. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that, that's frankly th- those seven listeners who understand yes. that joke. Yes, they had a, a slight chuckle, a slight chuckle, or maybe a. Huh, do I remember that? I don't know. And then they moved on with the rest of their day. Sure. Uh, I wanted to do something special here. I want to do something special here. And speaking of special. Hello. This is a special release beer. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that right there? So for those of you that don't know, I work with Arrowhead Addict, and I do a podcast over there with me, Matt Connor, Matt Verderam, Patrick what? Allen. I love those guys. Adam Best. Why are you involved? Yeah, I know. Frankly, I'm I'm the the least... Talented? I don't know. Whatever you want to say. You made a power rank who I think is most yeah, you, talented you, in that yeah, group. Here we go, baby. Let's do <laughs> this or that. The power rankings. <laughs> but we had our own beer with Casey Beerco. It's called yeah. the Arrow Red Lager. I'm very excited about this. I've actually had a chance to drink it multiple times already. If you saw a picture of me on Twitter, I crushed a liter of a that. Liter. Yeah, yeah. It, it was in a big German glass stein. And you might think, how much is a liter? Well, take a two liter and cut it in half, cut and there it in you half, go. Smart guy. That's it's a, a lot Nuremberg of liquid. style red lager, five point two percent ABV. Yeah, I'm excited about this. And then and I, I feel like the only time for me to drink it is on the home stretch. Right? Yeah, like, of I'll just sip yeah. it throughout the show. Give you my my review right out of the gate. Enjoy yourself. I'm going to. You're gonna enjoy it. If you guys have not tried it, go to Casey Beerco and try it and let me know. You can tag me on Twitter at, at HomestretchKC. It actually would be very lovely if you guys did that because we want to know how it how it goes. Yeah. Because I'm very proud of this. The first time I took a sip, I literally go, yes. Because you get a little wow. nervous. You get a little yeah. nervous. What if Wait, it's not good? What you... if it's not good? And we helped yeah. brew it. So we, we were dumping in the, the stuff, right, to make it legit. 
And Sterling also has a bottle opener on his keys that says Sterling on it. Like it has his name engraved in it, okay. which of course it does. It's for Sterling the truck, not Sterling I'm a narcissistic ass. Um, No, it actually says in really small text underneath there because I'm a narcissistic ass. <sighs> Can I crack it open? Crack it, baby. Rip it, rip it. Here we go. It's going to take him two times because he's never opened a beer before, apparently. There we go. I wasn't confident with this Sterling uh, bottle opener. Yeah, you weren't going to break it. But I am confident in this Arrow Red Lager. Let's go. To quote a great radio host, yes. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. That is fantastic. See. So what am I going to have to do to get a second one of these? Do I have to come on again next week? If you're lucky. If you're lucky. So I went there. And that's wonderful. Got one of the the first times I was I was back there. I drank it out of the big ass tank. Like I didn't put my mouth to the tank. They they got you gave put me a glass. Your mouth to no, the no 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 ass tank. There's a little spigot on the side of these massive. I don't know what you would call them, tanks. I guess. I'm sure there's a real word for there's it. There's a real, real word. Beer, beer people know, but... And they're sitting here screaming at me. Like, just you here, know this. We've I'm told you this. sipping this bottle. Yeah, I don't know. You should know this. And I put the beer underneath, and it just came out glorious. And my first sip, I just go, this is it. It's really good. In the words of Kenny Loggins, this is it. No danger zone here. No. Flavor zone, more like yeah. it. Boom. It's like a mixture of Kenny Loggins and Flavortown guy. Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Mm. It's Kenny Loggins meets Guy Fieri. To the flavor zone. Now this is what I'm talking about. Sorry, man. I'm I'm drunk. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Does the diabetes actually? Does that make you drunk quicker because you can't no. break it down? Because that'd be no. a really good excuse. No, I'm good. Like you can just get blacked out drunk and be like, uh, "No, it's the diabetes." I, I saw you have twenty three shots of Jaeger. Yeah, and, there are carbs in that, you know. And you're so. like, and you're sitting, you're like, "Well, no, I, I, before I could have twenty five and be fine." Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing is I've had to, you know, I have to relearn my limits and everything. So currently, twenty four shots of Jaeger is what I typically will do on a Thursday. Mm. Well, I'm glad you enjoy that. I really am. I was also, I guess, at least a little bit nervous. That I wasn't nervous that it wasn't going to be good. I was a little nervous that it wasn't going to be for me. Sure. Because like I'm not an IPA guy. You know, I've tried to kind of walk over there, and it's just not. It's not my favorite. I would I would drink a hundred of these. Well, this is why I I tried to promote this and, and make sure because we had the, the opportunity. To Are they going to make more of it? Can they make more of this and give it to me? I would hope often? so. Can yeah. We make some more of this. Yeah. I, I would enjoy that too. I'm going to keep the bottle. Put like a little flower in it or something, <laughs> and remember this beautiful moment for uh, Arrowhead Addict. But I chose a lager for a reason, because IPAs is not for everyone. Uh, Are you, do you like an IPA? Yeah, I love IPAs. Hefeweizens, okay. which is a wheat beer, is very popular. But I go, what What does the majority of people enjoy drinking? What What's the most popular beer? It's a lager. Lagers, right? Lager. Yeah. So I go, let's make a lager. You want to be popular, but it's a red lager. For so it fits. Chiefs it fits the branding. Kingdom. And it's just really nice. I could talk about it in more detail for a while, but I figure we probably will we do... Sh- I'm the only one in the world currently tasting this, I think, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. moment, including you. So You're doing a nice job. I'm really narrow casting, but I'm also really enjoying it. Yeah. So the Chiefs had the— Lager was a smart decision. Thank you. See, we, I felt proud of myself you, for no, doing you that, did. I'm sorry. I want to come back to this because this is just talking about you doing good uh, a good thing. I don't get this very often from you, so it makes me feel pretty good. Obviously, Kansas City's got some wheat beers that like have a real hold both in our hearts and in our, our uh, menus and all of that. But going going particularly this red lager route, it is flavorful, 
but it's smooth. It's enjoyable, but there's enough complexity to it that I'm not going to get bored of it before I hit the bottom of the bottle. There we go, baby. The branding is good. The label's nice. I wish it had your face on it. They can do that next time. Yeah, that'd be great. Just me being a complete buffoon. Me, 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 and, me and Verderam just oh yelling at each other. Oh, my God. Yeah. If I, yes, yes, yeah. The answer to that one is yes. I'll yeah. pay for it any price. Yeah. I want to get into the all-pro list because this is the legit sure. one, I guess, now. Yeah, this what, is the, the PFF AP came pro. up. The, the normal one. The, the the players are doing their own now. That was kind of cool. PFF is, has always has theirs. There are other associations that will put out their teams, but the AP all-pro list is the one that you see on Pro Football Reference when Correct. it says all-pro. I love it. Matt Connor tagged me in a tweet today that made me laugh. It goes, so Monday was the PFF one. Tuesday was Players Association. Today's is the AP, and then uh, tomorrow is going to be Sterling's mom. Which, as just, we just discussed, basically— she should do one. She should do one. I feel like she doesn't know. She watches, obviously, all the games, but she doesn't know all the players. She would still be putting, like, so Dante Hall is the punt returner. Yeah, she'd be uh, right. Will Shields on the O-line, and correct. she's still correct. Correct. Somehow, Tony Richardson, I feel like, would make yes. an appearance. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Tony Richardson, T-Rich, greatest fullback of all time. She, she, she no has a good— that. doesn't matter. My favorite, my favorite fullback of all time. Yeah, my, mine too. Great vibes. I was honestly heartbroken as a child when he left Kansas City. Did he go to the Jets directly? I after? think he, I just remember him ending up with the Jets, but I honestly thought I can't remember if it was before or after with the Chiefs. I just love Tony Richardson. Same here. I was right in that sweet spot of not having to know anything about football to enjoy it because I was a child and love. I've always loved the fullback. I, I want to point this out. Kansas City really had a fun time for kids growing up, and it was in a different way. Most people remember like wide receivers, They'd be like, "Oh, look at Randy Moss," and then Kansas City Dude, Chiefs fans are so like, right. "Willie Rofe, yes, Will Shield, Brian Waters, Brian Waters, Casey Wigman, and to- <laughs> Tony Richardson." Now this is good football. Who is the, we were stuck the in the I formation left out there. Who's the lineman we left out? Because there was there uh, one rotating spot in that in that starting five. Tate. Yeah, yeah. Tate would. Yeah, you're right. Tate would be the fifth that yeah. I think we we left out. Thank but, you. Really. It just makes me laugh because all these other teams are talking about wide receivers and, and running backs. Well, we had some running so backs right. too, Larry Johnson. But, but it's the same conceit. It's fullback run. It's I-formation power O-line. Yeah, like, and, and we're just sitting here as kids going, we appreciate a good run at the middle. Yeah, we really did. And I wonder why this was such a— That's why Dustin Colquitt's a folk hero. Run, run, pass, punt, baby. <laughs> I mean, that was the— Run, run, that, that punt, basically, the, quick kick. May as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, that, that is a really funny observation because— I have I have talked before about how Kansas City, the greatness we had football-wise, was at the running back position for, for years because I grew up watching Priest Holmes, and then it became Larry Johnson, and then it became Jamal Charles. Sure, and, and before then even Christian Okoye. Absolutely, Marcus Allen. Like, yeah. you got a ton of guys before that, but just, you know, my consciousness started around Priest sure. Holmes. But you're right. You could go back in time, and there are probably a half dozen guys to that position who really, like, made some sort of impact. But— that was the place where there was consistent greatness at the position. The O-line, absolutely. I don't think there are probably that many. I mean, you have maybe, like, Pittsburgh, I feel like, could do some of it. But, like, sure. there are not a lot of NFL cities where some of the most beloved players are a, an offensive line from the 90s. And it's really— Early 2000s, I guess. Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah. But even, like, Tim Grunard, who's yep. obviously here all the time— yep. It's wild how much Kansas City respects and appreciates a good offensive line. And taking it a step further, we're just going to keep doing this conspiracy theory stuff. I wonder if that's why we have such high expectations for guys like Orlando Brown Jr. Because we're used to seeing elite play at offensive line. That's why Eric Fisher, even though he had a really good career, nice career. Very good career. But he was drafted 1-1, and you expect him to be uh, a Hall of Fame almost level. Yep. Uh, 
offensive linemen because we were so used to greatness. Even now, we have Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, who, by the way, Creed Humphrey is second-team AP All-Pro. As is Tooney. As is Tooney. Um, Trey Smith had a really nice year as his second year. Um, but I think it's because we're so used to watching greatness there mm-hmm. that you become – and you almost expect greatness there. Yeah, it's also something you kind of hang your hat on, right? It's like, so it's an expectation and almost an identity thing. Like, this Chiefs team is supposed to have a good offensive line. You know, back in my day, back in the good old days, this is what it looked like. What's funny is a lot of the metrics, too, shows the Chiefs actually having a really good offensive line yep. even this year, right? Yep. But it's not the offensive line that a lot of us here grew up with, and so it looks even worse than it is. And look at us having a revelation here. No, this is good. I like this a lot. We talked about the Eric Fisher thing literally on The Zone today. I don't remember how it came up. We were, talk- we were talking about Chris Jones and like, hey, it doesn't like people like Chris Jones as much as they should here. I don't know sure. what's going on there. Uh, but like Eric Fisher was another example of I think he just was damned by his draft position, which yeah. isn't his fault. He ended up having a really nice career. Then Mitchell Schwartz shows up, and he's the best tackle on the, on the team from yeah. the right side. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I love that, that Kansas City is an offensive line city. I think that's amazing. Um, but also, it is definitely indicative of what we were grasping for, for things to be proud of from this football team. Sure. Because oftentimes, that was sort of it. Real blue-collar vibe, yeah. absolutely. Barbecue, beer. And also, though, like if I'm being Big honest, boys. you know, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey also was pretty good. Also was pretty good. So, but now we got Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, the the Larry Johnson of our era. They're they're just keeping. I don't know if that's true. That's not bad though. Not it's a not few a bad place. I hope it's not. Yeah, well, sure. But it's some fo- places we're, we're just saying football field. Say, don't even take in the the contract situation stuff either. No, just no, no, straight no, no, up. No, 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 no. This is this is the this is like real, running style. This is just free association that we're doing. <laughs> it's just like Isaiah Pacheco, and I really did go. Well, I'm not going to compare him to Jamal Charles because I'm not going to do that for any human being. Yeah, uh, they're not going. He doesn't. He's not really a Priest Holmes type. I no. can make him Larry Johnson. Yeah, you can figure it out. Yeah, there we go. It's Casey Beard's great. He's Roger Craig. If we're going outside the Chiefs spectrum, if wow. you watch Roger Craig Roger run, Craig. high knees style, yeah, that's like his. I'm gonna thing. have to. I'm gonna you have, have to, to watch it. I'm it's, gonna have to watch it. But yeah. I, I trust Dylan's free association, present player to player from history more than anyone else in my life. Yeah, I, I really trust Dylan with that stuff. Dylan grinds the tape, and by the tape, I mean America's game, uh, every uh, football life. All of those. I've had many conversations with Dylan about uh, the depths of the NFL archives that he yeah. has gotten into. By the way, Ryan on the chat says, thank you for listening, by the way. Hi, Ryan. Ryan. Um, Fisher got called for holding a lot in inopportune times. I agree, and that also might be part association why you have this, I don't want to say disdain or distaste for Eric Fisher, but he was so solid for so long, and you did have some of those inopportune holds. The the most blatant. Is this just the James Harrison one? Is that what we're talking that, about? For me, the Steelers one always yeah. gets, it always gets me. Sure, it was clear holding. It yeah. was not effective in the play at all. Sure, but I do I do think that's obviously like bleep w- happens. One of your memories. Same thing with D Ford. Similar instance here. D Ford had a really nice career for Kansas City. Yep. Short. Yep. But that one play is always going to overshadow all the contributions. Eric Fisher's a little different because he had more longevity here. Yeah, he also caught a touchdown and dumped beer on his face, and that's never the first thing people remember. Don't dump that beer. I won't. I Don't would never. you spill I'm gonna, a I'm going to dump it into my mouth is what I'm going to do. I I just – that kind of stuff, I no, no shot at Ryan because I get it. But, like – it's it's what ends up really ruining how we remember players who don't win. In particular, Eric Fisher got a ring, right? Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. We're together on this one. Yeah, he was hurt because he was hurt in the he second was, round. He was injured. Yeah. I was like, wait, hold on. The, the the silence there hesitated myself it was, and it you was and all of us. Deafening. He uh, he got a ring and then right was a couple AFC championships because his Achilles was yeah. torn late in the AFC championship game. Yep. Um. Even as a guy who did win. His career, I think, is more associated with the pre-Mahomes era, and you remember the more negative things because, and I, maybe this is just me and I'm projecting on other people, but like if you say Sammy Watkins' um, word association for Chiefs fans, if your first thought is hamstring, unavailable, didn't know when he was going to play, like I just feel like you're remembering the—I want to fix your memories for you yeah. because because my memories of Sammy Watkins are playoff touchdowns and huge plays moving the sticks like yeah that's I have really positive feelings towards Sammy Watkins I do too because he's associated with really positive feelings around the team in a very direct way so I think most Chiefs fans will have mostly positive thoughts about Sammy Watkins sure you can have your the way you couch it or whatever but like D Ford's last real memory in Kansas City is it's not even he didn't take his helmet off and and (laughs) smack Tom Brady with it he was he was offsides yeah that's I don't like the I don't like remembering a player from a mistake or two, Correct. even with D four, like when it's unavoidable at this point. I, I I do think it's interesting, and I I never tell anyone how to fan you because who that's... needs to hire Josh is uh, Bill Buckner. We'll let him do the PR for Bill Buckner I, as well. And I, well. and that's the thing is like whenever whenever your career is defined by the worst single moment, the rest of the career just doesn't really factor into the equation. So I, and I understand how and why that happens specifically for fans who are really emotionally invested in that moment. Sure. But I wish it wasn't the case because it would be we don't we don't do that the other way around. I guess we do sometimes. But like David Tyree will be a legend forever because he has a moment that we all remember because it was a total outlier. Well, it's so the rest of his sports, the rest though. of his career being like kind of underwhelming doesn't matter. He's a le- he's a Super Bowl legend. Correct. So that just that that way that that entire careers and legacies Hinge on individual plays. It's it's fundamental to sports. It happens all the time. I mean, think I'm of Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Rowan. Happen. Aaron Rowan had a very nice career in baseball. But what do you remember him for? Busting his nose in center field, making the diving catch. Right. That's what you remember Aaron Rowan for. You remember him for? I think he also saved a perfect game. I don't, game remember, as I don't well remember Aaron Rowan. So with Mark Burley, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm not an Aaron Rowan aficionado. Yeah, you're, this is you v you here, Stu. Th- I, this we, is me versus me. Let me hang on. Let's. Check the tape here. Let's check the tapes, too. Or the dude for the White Sox who also made, I think it was, again, Mark Burley, the game-saving diving catch in center field. Like, you remember these certain players for yeah. certain things, and you forget about what they did as a whole, and that's what we've done with some players. And by the way— Where do you remember Gerard Dyson? Like, in a moment. I remember him getting up, stealing a base. I remember him <laughs> on second base yeah. doing that with his hands. Yeah. Sterling re- is correct. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Absolutely correct. Thank you. What was Gerard Dyson? With wall holds on for catch. Let's see. Look that up, might look be up Gerard Dyson's slash line for me, Sterling. Well, we know what Gerard, but no one expected Gerard Dyson to be. No, there no, was no, no I'm not really against, I'm just I'm using it as a positive example. Okay. Because because I was gonna say we don't really do it in the inverse, but sometimes we do. Gerard Dyson's career as a Royal is not that interesting, but the huge moments where he did succeed, he will be remembered here rightfully as a legend forever. By the way, he hit 21 home runs, which feels way higher than I would have guessed. Yeah, I he also hit seven in one season for Arizona when he was 34. 
So good for him. That, that's a late career power surge. It's hotter down there, and the balls. Oh, I that might. I don't that, think that really makes sense. I think though. that was before they added the hum, uh, humidifier. Because when did they Maybe. add the humidifier? Was that 2020? I have no idea. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. But like, what? What was? What did Gerard Dyson? What was his average as a Royal? Did he uh, give I, me his, I, I just have the, the. I'll give the the overall OPS. Sure. For for him, uh, it was 645 OPS plus 75, so 100s average. So he was 25 percent average as a hitter. He did have 266 stolen bases, which obviously, obviously was his calling card. Yeah, absolutely. And he was very good defensively. Yeah, yeah. Abs- no, no, no. I, and this is not to bleep on Joe Dyson. I will say this. He had 15.3 war wins above replacement for his that's career. surprising. Being a 25% below average hitter. Yeah, that's sort of That's weird. very impressive. Yeah. So, again, like I just I asked about him in, in particular because the, the gif of him on second doing the motorcycle revving is how we remember him. And that's awesome. It's the coolest thing about sports or one of the coolest things about sports is that you do have these individual snapshot moments where, where guys will live on forever because of how they performed in that moment. Uh, I just wish it wasn't true in the inverse as well where a really good career is undercut by like a couple of holding penalties against Eric Fisher. Yeah. Thanks thanks for the comment, Ryan, because I ended up sparking an entire conversation yeah, that was I didn't know fun. I had in me. So. Yeah, that was, that was cool. That is kind of interesting. Uh, and again, I will always also say I never tell fans how to fan because— I'll tell that, fans how to fan. I don't mind. I, I won't because you know why? I it's didn't part just of then, but I will. No, no, I know, but for me, it's that's part of being a fan. You I can might, be a bad fan, though. I might disagree with someone that something or something that someone says, but it's also one of those things where it's like, that's your right to say it, man. Don't throw bottles at players. Okay. All right, I gave you a way to have I told that, someone You how to told fan. me how to fan. That one's fair. I'm talking about when you have uh, a certain feeling towards a player. I will always say that is your opinion. I hope, hopefully, we might not agree on something. Don't, Tony but, Gonzalez. But don't, but don't, don't use that negative feeling to tweet at a player and to tell them that their whole family's ugly. Yes, that one's okay. true. Okay, all right, all right. Tony Gonzalez is the one that always comes to mind. Yeah. I yeah, under- I'll tell fans how to fan on this one. I, I, don't I understand why people have a certain feeling towards Tony Gonzalez the way he left Kansas City. I understand in his comments in Atlanta, this, that, and the other. But I think a lot of it was taken out of context. I think yeah. I think a lot of it was, what is he going to say because he's in Atlanta now. Yep. Um, I have no ill feelings towards Tony Gonzalez for the example of, I want to remember him of doing all the incredible great things he did in yeah. Kansas City. I want to claim him as part of Chiefs Kingdom yeah, and, and not put can. him in as a Falcon. Because yeah. what was the majority of his career accolades? What what team was he a part of? He was of? a Chief. It was, he was a Chief. If your memory of Tony, and here's the thing, and this, I guess I don't know if I'm telling you how to fan or not, but I'm offering you a different path. If your strongest memory of Tony Gonzalez is him standing in a scrum around Atlanta media reporters saying nice things about the Falcons and not him dunking the yeah. football over the crossbar. I'm not telling you you're fanning wrong. I'm telling you you lost the plot. Like, you lost the good stuff about being a fan, and you only kept the, like, angry, vitriolic stuff. I just don't want to live that way. That, I, that just doesn't do any good for me. And, and speaking of— Plus, how would the Chiefs have won all these Super Bowls if it wasn't for Javier Arenas? Like, okay, by the way— He was the pick they got back, right? Javier Arenas, and I thought he was going to be an absolute stud. Second-round pick, man. I mean, yeah. Stud. And then he was traded for Anthony Sherman, Correct. Wow, yeah, I think he was, because he definitely ended up in Arizona. That was, I think, the move. Again, Chiefs in their fullback. Anthony Sherman, Michael Burton, Tony Richardson. Chiefs need more eye formation, that's all I'm saying. Get Patrick Mahomes under center and run more eye formation, weak, strong. I'm all for the fullback. Dylan, I know Dylan's a big fullback guy. Okay, so Javier Arenas, 
Oh, I thought I had, sorry, I'm on, I'm on the football reference page. I'm trying to get to the, uh, like, transaction log, because it, it usually shows, uh, show trades, here we go. Um, well, this isn't going to give him the credit for the, uh, the draft pick trade. But yeah, May 1st, 2013, straight up. Yeah. Traded by Chiefs to Cardinals for Anthony Sherman. You don't get that very often. A nice cornerback slash, what, special teams corner, specialist? Corner to full trade on the back department yeah, is that's, a weird one. That's a pretty incredible one. By the way, just on Tony Gonzalez, I'm going to chase him. He's also cool. drafted a fullback at some point in that. Did he, was it a yeah. K-Stater or it was a BYU sa- guy? It was the same year, and they cut the yes, fullback. the rookie didn't make it, and Sherman and did. And Sherman did. All right, I'm gonna get that name. At uh, some point no, really quick though. Yeah, show me what. Look, what look you at got. this. I know it's you. not really as fun because I'm showing Briscoe a Visual video media, yeah. over an audio medium. I'll try to do. Play but by we play. were talking about Tony Gonzalez here, and I just got to show you this bad boy. Let's look at that prank. I've I've seen this. Yeah. it's uh, it's Sterling Holmes in a Brian Waters jersey. No, that is a Nick Bolton rookie edition jersey. I was trying to do you a favor. Uh, no, it's a rookie edition. I That's was... what we're calling him. I was trying to do you a favor. A Brian Waters jersey is actually pretty sweet. If I see someone out here with a 54 Waters, I'm giving, I'm high fiving that person. Yeah, that guy's tight. Or or person or lady. Yeah, yeah. That 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 Brian Waters super fan is tight. We're right, gonna remember. A full, we're gonna remember I, rookie fullback the, the, here before the, we take a break. The video. Yeah, we're gonna we take cannot, a break. We shortly. cannot break until I get okay. the name of this fullback. The video though was me doing a Tony Gonzalez in cowboy boots. Oh yeah, sorry. You, well, didn't, you didn't put that no, in there. And you also you didn't do a Tony Gonzalez. You I didn't get over the crossbar. I, I got the crossbar. Okay. As a 5'10 dude in cowboy boots who did not stretch beforehand. That's on you. That's 10 feet. Throwing that out there. That's it, called ups. It was, in fact, a wildcat in the sixth round of the 2013 NFL draft for the 204th overall pick. Three picks before they drafted Mike Catapano who did play for a little bit. Oh, yeah, baby. They selected Braden Wilson, fullback, out of Kansas State. Um, that's kind of a bummer. I don't think he ever played for anybody. Wow. Way to just limp into break for us. Thanks, Briscoe. I hope he's doing well. Deuce Vaughn to KC? Uh, I'd spend a sixth on him or something. I legit don't know what the what the range is. We're, but We're like, almost done with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Why, why are we going to do it again? No, I'm mean, not saying a first, Dylan. Yeah, we're not saying a first. I know. Too, I'm just right? saying, like, I'm. Well, I would say McKinnon. What What's the difference between a first and a fifth round draft pick? I'm Dylan? saying at the end There's of the a day, lot? whether is Deuce Vaughn Dylan. head and shoulders or even or well, he's worse. head and shoulders below most people, but that's no, just I'm because saying, he's not very tall. <laughs> as far as talent, to Clyde. I think that Andy Reid would find some really fun ways to oh, use yeah. Deuce Vaughn, and so when we're in the uh, who did they have a sixth round running back a few years ago? Also, I just closed the draft class page. Oh, but yes. certainly once we're in the Isaiah Pacheco, Darwin Thompson, Darwin range, Thompson, yeah, I would, I would, and maybe even a tiny bit sooner. I would be very interested in Deuce Vaughn from an explosive, explosive standpoint, and especially, especially for the future of a post Jarek McKinnon world yeah, at some yeah. point. That because I think he would become the next Jarek McKinnon. And by the way, you're talking to two dudes who basically are running backs don't matter, and we're yeah. hyping up a running back. That's how hyping you... is strong. I said a sixth round. Pick, okay, but I would go fifth. I, I you know find what? him to be a very fun player. Bleep it! I would go fifth. Give me a fifth for uh, for the deuces loose. Just so we can write that on a sign. I. Look, here's the thing. I can tell you with confidence, it would not be my least favorite running back draft pick the Chiefs have made. Strong. You're welcome. Strong. 
Uh, with that, just extremely hot take. We'll take a quick break, come back, talk more Chiefs after this home stretch. ESPN, Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. Don't feel left out. You're always welcome with Briscoe and Sterling. It's 3.31 p.m. right now. You know where we're, where we're at in the show at the moment? Second segment. The middle. Oh, that's pretty good. Thank you. I saw them in concert, what, a couple months ago, and they yeah. were outstanding still. I love Jimmy Eat World. Uh, I think when they retire, they should become Jimmy Eat World. Can you get your phone, please? Yeah. On a radio show here. What's hilarious was... This somehow was muted, and I must have unmuted it in the break just out of... Are you going to get a case for your phone? No, 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 no. So I just got a new phone. You just got a new phone. I it's, got a glass protector on my stuff. Because green like my green. favorite color. I like the green. Uh, the emerald and, green is nice. And that's why I'm not getting a, a cover, because I love it. And I'm paying for Apple... What's it? Apple Care? Yeah. So if I break it, it's like 30 bucks to replace it, and I go... Well, that's it. Does feel so good? It feels, it feels so good. good. Yeah. So here's here's my conundrum. Okay, I've gone the other way with my phone, and I need I need some guidance here. So I got a, like a MagSafe case or whatever, but I don't really use the MagSafe stuff because, and you you can tell if you just see the little side by side. Right now, my phone is thick, and your phone is sleek. But I uh, I went for the pop socket wallet and a little pop socket on it. I'm a big pop socket guy. I might eventually stop doing that. But I can I have all of my stuff, like my, my mandatory cards, all fit here, right attached to the back of my phone. Not folding out in the wallet way, but just clipped onto the back. Yeah. It's really convenient. I can leave the house with just this and my insulin phone, which so I guess not really just this. But I can yeah, theoretically you, you, you leave need my house insulin, with just yeah. this. It's nice, but it might be nicer to just, just have rock a nice yeah. thin phone. Oh, got to give a shout out here to ex-pro wrestler Pat Rose. Says he loves Kansas City, y'all, and he's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Thank you, Pat, Thank for you, listening Pat. to the show. In your, in your honor, I'm going to choke slam Sterling during the break. Uh, that wouldn't be... That's like a normal segment we do. I don't think I've ever been physically violent with you. I don't believe so. I don't think I've, I have been. We don't really have I'm an HR huge, department here, no, so it's, I, so it's frankly we we probably could do some. It's Todd Levo with like a stick on mustache. Yeah, and frankly, that's more alarming than anything else. It's <laughs> it, that's mustache is actually the upsetting part. Yeah, that, that's the most upsetting part. Okay, I actually wanted to ask you a question that oh, yeah, I, I've sure. been getting a lot of traction on Twitter with, and I want to get your thoughts here. Who was the most underrated or unsung yeah. player for the Kansas City Chiefs this year? Someone who's not talked about enough. So, for example, in my opinion, yeah. it can't be Jarek McKinnon. I know it's a Correct. popular answer yeah, because yeah. he won December He's Offensive Player of the, uh, of the Month, right? Yes. So, like, it can't be... For example, I think Legereus Sneed is too talked about enough. That was my that was going to be my like objectionable one. Is I that maybe he's well? I think maybe he should be an All Pro. Nationally, or, I don't think he gets enough attention, but locally, he probably does. And, and I think Nick Bolton also gets enough love. That would be a for bad answer anyway. That would be a bad answer. Oh, way to ruin this segment, Nick. Uh, let me tell you that the, here's, the, no, here's what I'm going to say. No, we're doing positives quick, quick, right now. Real, we're doing positives. Nick Bolton gets plenty of credit. That's the only way. That's all I'm going to say is Nick Bolton gets plenty of credit. M-I-Z. Uh, all right, so let's, let's talk about yours. Mine was Mike Dana. 
Yeah. Mike Dana had the second highest pass rush win rate. Very difficult to pronounce and say. It is hard. Second highest outside of Chris Jones. Yeah. He doesn't play a ton. He had less pressures than a lot of guys on the team, including Frank Clark, because of the limited amount of snaps. Mm -hmm. But Mike Dana's versatility in NASCAR packages, he's playing on the interior, right? Mm -hmm. When Spags uses that, Mm -hmm. and I think it's very impressive, his versatility. He's not the most athletic guy. We knew that. When he was drafted, I always say, why did they draft him? Because they drafted him in the fifth round, and he was projected to go undrafted. And I'm sitting, what a reach for a guy who doesn't have great reach. Exactly, absolutely. (laughs) But Mike Dana has that motor. He has something about him. He never gives up. He's gotten the most, just squeezed all the talent he possibly can out of himself. Yep. And he's done a very nice job. I think he's very underrated, and he's an unsung part of what was going into the season. A very young, to, for the most part, inexperienced, or at least question marks about the experienced guys, and Frank Clark and Chris Jones, mm-hmm. he's been a glue guy. I think Mike Dan is underrated. Who do you have? It's funny because I think it matters where you're, like, where you're answering the question. Because if someone asked me this on, like, on a, a national show, right, to say, hey, so, you know, we don't, we're following some of the big stars, but, like, who's the unsung hero of this team? Uh, at first, I would try Chris Jones because I still feel like he's a first-team All-Pro, and I'm not sure he's gotten enough credit for all of that. My national answer would probably be Trent McDuffie. I want people to realize how good he's been despite missing all those games and not being targeted very often. Um, so, so Trent McDuffie is probably my answer if I'm getting to pick a guy who's like an everyday starter now. Mike Dana, as far as a rotational guy who's not in the starting lineup, is a very good answer. I think you could also make that argument. Here's my spicy one for Frank Clark. Mm. I think Frank Clark might be one of those guys as like a, uh, there's a phrase, like post-hype sleeper or something like that. Sure. Um, so I like I like all of those. But I, it just depends on how granular you want to get. Like, I think Noah Gray kind of matters. Yeah. But I don't think that he matters as much as Trent McDuffie. Sure. So, uh, I, I can't be anyone on the offensive line because we talk about all of them all the time. Even Trey Smith. I, I've seen a lot of Trey Smith. Trey Smith legitimately has a t-shirt. There's That's not right. many. And again, maybe this goes back to our Kansas City love for uh-huh. offensive linemen. But when you have an offensive lineman who's not the highest paid left guard, one of the higher paid left guards in the NFL, who's typically an all-pro, at least this year's second team, Creed Humphrey, who's second team All-Pro. It's not Orlando Brown Jr., who is a obviously big name, but it's your, what, fourth most famous offensive lineman? Right. And he has a t-shirt. He has a t-shirt. He's out here making pancakes. I mean, that's that's the appreciation Kansas City has for for O-linemen. Yeah, and it also, to to expand it even more on, like, the underrated side, there just aren't a lot of viable options within though again if you're doing it for amongst Chiefs fans and it's why like Mike Dana is almost the only answer that I'm going through <laughs> like all both sides of the ball because we know the entire offensive line for a while it was McCole Hardman he would have been my answer until he sure. got hurt he was underrated for the impact he was having but he's been hurt so I can't really pick him anymore I can't say Kadarius Tony because we're all watching we all see that um I, I have, like, a vague argument for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I would listen to it. Just just in terms of what he's what, what he is forcing defenses to do with his presence out there. Nate Taylor made the point to me at one point. Say, hey, look at all these Chiefs touchdowns, the, the, a little more uh, downfield passes, and look and see where, where MVS is. And he is frequently affecting the coverage. But that is, like, that's just because I think most Chiefs fans are pretty low on MVS right now, and I think that's a little bit unfair. But we have dissected this team so minutely that Justin Watson is an unacceptable answer. <laughs> he is he is properly rated at this point. So I, I like I like Dana um, Dunlap and Carl uh, Dunlap and, and Frank Clark are both really good. Um, 
I, I think I would really plant my flag on Trent McDuffie because I do think that even amongst Chiefs fans, we're just not really talking about him much, and therefore he's underrated because of that. Yeah. I do think it's kind of funny because we do talk about every single Chiefs player after every single game. That's what we Unless do. Unless they're playing well, which is Orlando Brown's story these last four or well, five weeks. Well, I've been trying to, by the way, for a while now. It's hard to get a mob when everyone's pleased. You, when you've already found the scapegoat, or even if you just want to say, if you already found a certain opinion about a guy, yep. it's very difficult to change. It's in everything. It's difficult, right? You, you, you're stuck in your ways, and I know I'm. I can be um, part of that myself. Sure. So we can all be stubborn about our takes. Sure. Did you, you get any other answers that you really liked? I'm still thinking. Like, I saw a couple of Noah like, Grays. I liked Brian I, Cook has a real role I in this saw defense. A few Brian but he Cook. hasn't been underrated. He's just been getting more work now. Like, and he's playing good football. So uh, I don't know. I saw a few people like Dion Bush on special teams, which I thought was pretty was pretty interesting. Do you know who's been underrated this year? Justin Reed. There's my actual answer. I got a couple Justin Reeds. I actually, which is again hard because he's Turk a pretty Wart- Turk Wharton and Colin Saunders got some as well. Sure, but again, Wharton's been hurt for so, he got hurt early, early in the on. season, and then I think the argument for Saunders is very similar to Dana. Where my only counterpoint is that, and this is both a compliment and a little bit of an undercutting, I guess. Those guys are there to take advantage of what Chris Jones makes for them. Yeah. Which is fine. You have to have guys who do take advantage of that. That's George Karloftis. That's Mike Dana. That's Colin Saunders. That's the best of Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap. When everybody else is getting one-on-ones because Chris Jones has nine guys paying attention to him, you need to be able to win those matchups. So, like, that's the job. But I also don't know. Like, I literally just think you and I could sit here and we could go too deep at every position on this team. Correct. And it wouldn't be weird because we do talk about Mike Dana. I would also say I saw some for Carlos Dunlap, but I know he gets some talk, but I think that was a really good one and also one that I was considering putting was Dunlap. because I Clark over Dunlap just from previous expectations. The reason why I'm going with Dunlap was because I actually had lower expectations for Dunlap. I didn't think uh, he was going to do much at all this year. Uh, I thought he was over the hill, and he's been much better than even Melvin Ingram, who had an impact to an extent last season. Melvin Ingram absolutely had an impact last season. Yeah. And, Melvin Ingram was the best edge rusher on the team last year. But that was also for uh, a little Oof. bit of issue, too. Yeah. Carlos Dunlap does a lot of things that don't show up on a box score. When he was playing, I always go back to this game in particular, Russell Wilson in the first half of the Broncos yep. last game, they, of course, Hackett's out. What does Russell Wilson do? Tried to extend plays. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was a Hackett situation or a Russell Wilson situation, but there was a lot more bootlegs rolling him out. And what did Dunlap do? He stayed in the passing lane. He didn't just immediately put his ears back and try and sack Russell Wilson. Maybe he gets there once or twice, but what happens the other times? Russell Wilson blows by him. Carlos Dunlap just kept his... Like a basketball player, like Kimmy Mutombo, yep. getting in a stance, sliding with him, using the long arms to affect the ball and force a lot of throwaways. Yep. And that does not show up in the box score, but it was something I noticed and I want to give him some credit for. So I think Dunlap is a good answer in my yeah. mind. I just thought he would, I honestly, I kind of just checked him off the list because I figured he was at least close to getting the credit he deserves. Again, at least here in Kansas City. Sure. I did a, I did a hit uh, in a uh, sports map radio a couple of nights ago. And again, like the the conversation there is, do you know how good Chris Jones is? Yeah. Do you know what Kadarius Tony is going to do in the playoffs? Yeah. Do you know where the rookie class is at? Sure. We've been talking. We talked about that rookie class for three months before they ever played a snap. Yeah. So it's it's what we we're do. We're really saturated in it. It's yeah. finding that one dry spot is difficult. <laughs> and you're and Mike Dana, congratulations! Come and on, yeah, down. and it's a good answer. It, it yeah. is still a good answer. He is still underrated, and and he could and. If I was his agent, should 
try to stay a chief for a lifetime yeah. because I think his role is a part of the equation here. Right? I don't think they could just find any dude off the street to play Mike Dana's role, but I also don't think that Mike Dana could necessarily go to some other team and find a bigger role. Like, yeah, that, this uh, seems he's, like he's not going spot. to San Fran or, right. or the Chargers, and all of a sudden he's one of the guys. Or even to a crappy team where he's starting. I don't know that that's good for his value because you, you need to be in positions to succeed, but that's the, that's a team sport. Like I, I hope that doesn't come off as like a backhanded compliment yeah. because part of, it's, it goes back to the Chris Jones thing. Part of a team unit as a pass rush is taking advantage of what the other parts of the matchup are creating at any given snap. Yeah. I want to bring up something not Chief-related, but AFC West-related. Sure. I'm going to have a quick swig of my Arrow Red Lager. Mike Williams has a back fracture, which, by the way, that sounds horrible. Really bad. This is what Bane did to Batman. He was out way more than three weeks. Yeah, so it says two to three weeks with fracture and back. So most likely, he's done for the year. Yeah. Uh, We don't think the Chargers are going to make the Super Bowl, and even if so, he might still be out. Yeah. This has to go down as one of the most asinine decisions I have seen from a head coach. And I know we we talk about poor coaching decisions, mostly it's in-game decisions. But this is a situation where you have a wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers on your team, if not wide receiver one, wide receiver two, because Keenan Allen's obviously very talented. The second most important weapon in your offense. and Or top two, a top two weapon. Not only do you play him, he's had injuries in the past. Yep. You then double down post-game by saying, well, we only have 48 guys, or 46 guys. He quadrupled down. You know when he doubled down? When Chase Daniel was out there throwing passes to Keenan Allen. Yeah. It showed that you realized what was going on, and he's out there throwing passes to 50-year-old Keenan Allen? Are you kidding me? I don't totally, totally mind-boggling. And then just when you say that after the game, and you had questions going in, going, why do you only have four active wide receivers on game day yeah and this is why and and when their inactives came out they didn't know the game was meaningless when the game started they did yes standard elevation my guy like just go ahead and pre-plan for the possibility of that so you don't have to have injury prone aging keenan allen and mike williams out there the week before the playoffs in the game that you cannot affect at all today and from a coach from a coach who doesn't play his guys in the preseason and bosa got injured by the way he should be healthy for this for this upcoming game, but the fact of the matter that he even went off with anything, yeah, mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, what do those guys have to prove too? Like, what are you looking for right. out right. of those guys that the, they haven't proven in their career and in that season? They've played really well. The Chargers were finally getting healthy. They were yeah. finally getting healthy. Rashawn Slater supposed to miss this week, but potentially back the following. So you're sitting your Derwin James back. So you're sitting like, okay, finally the Chargers are getting some of their uh, star power. Do you guys remember? I, I legit don't remember what, what what time in the game Mike Williams got hurt. I don't remember off the top. I don't of remember head. either. First half, I think. I don't because remember. at that point, so anyway, I think I it was either. first half. I think it was first half. So here, let me do like a, a very slight devil's advocate, and then I'm going to slay the devil. Slight devil's advocate. If you say, "Hey, look, we've been preparing all week to play this like a real game because we thought there was a chance that it could matter." So our guys have been prepping for this. They warmed up for this. They are in game day mode. I'm going to send them out there. I'm going to give both sides of the ball one or two drives, and then I'm going to get those guys out, and we're going to let get the backup some run. If that was the argument, I would say, man, I don't love it. It's deeply unfortunate, but okay. I have some evidence that you had a plan, and it backfired in a really unfortunate manner. But that's not what it was. 
Herbert was out there into the fourth quarter late. Yeah. They lost the game to the Broncos anyway. They still lost, which is incredible. Unbelievable. And even at the moment of, oh, God, Mike Williams is getting carted away here, that wasn't even a big flashing sign of, oh, you know what, we got to stop bleeping around here, make sure our guys get out of here healthy. It there, there have been parts of Brandon Staley's tenure that I have thought, hey, you know what, he's doing some forward-thinking things. That There is a future here. He's a really good defensive coordinator. He got sure. that job because of it, and he'll be a good defensive coordinator again in a year or two when he gets fired in L.A. <laughs> but for that to be, it, it was just one of the most jarring, he just figured out he's not built for this kind of moments. Yeah. And again, Nathaniel Hackett had 15 of those, and they started in week one, so that became a real, that, that hurricane started swirling pretty early. And Staley's had a handful of them. But this one just has, to Dylan's question, what are you what are you looking to see? What do they have to prove? What do you expect this is going to add? Why don't you play your guys for a quarter in the preseason if you do think that playing sure. is going to benefit them? I, the, and, and also, I'm going to extend it even beyond Brandon Staley. If they couldn't end up figuring out a way to have enough wide receivers for the possibility to where Chase Daniels is out there at the end of a meaningless, meaningless, meaningless game throwing the ball to Keenan Allen, that is also a reflection on the entire organization. The GM and uh, an owner who could say, do we need to do our guys like this? Every element of that failed, and and coaches below Brandon Staley failed. Nobody went, hey, man, can we get our guys out of here? I mean, it, it is an organizational disaster. And has totally changed the tenor of this game on, on yeah. uh, Saturday. They play tomorrow, right? Yeah, they play tomorrow. It's just, it's incredible. So frustrating. And, and this is one of those ones where I, I've been, I don't want to say a Staley supporter, but I've understood some of his moves that were questioned at the time yeah. or, at, or post. The game against the Kansas City Chiefs where they lost when they went for it on a ton of fourth downs. I see her going, yeah, well, the tight end didn't knock himself out. You're, and, you're and, not having and there the was same a conversation in the two Chiefs Chargers games. They sure. basically swapped. They, they you know? did swap. And I go, I can see what he was doing. Right. But this one. There's no seeing what he was doing. There was no redeeming qualities. Right. No, nothing you can take your, your, your half and say, yeah, oh, I understand. Yeah, right. No, you you, you, none you of can't that. even see the vision. You can't even see the plan, the best case scenario. Playing playing 60 minutes and staying healthy, you're still getting hit like crazy. Yeah. It's just, you know and, what? And your guys have all been hurt. I, tell you what, I'm glad Andy Reid is the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, which again, uh, I wanted to point out, we got to take a break right now. I my, know only, that. my only concern is that I wonder how many NFL head coaches would do basically the same thing. I don't yeah. know. My, I don't want to take a break. Before we do, I just want to point out, this is again why I think Andy Reid should have gotten at least some consideration for head coach of the year. You Fourteen and three. If your team stunk the year before, yeah, but for it, whatever I, reason. I get it. It's stupid. Fourteen and three. He exceeded expectations. Vegas had him as ten and as ten and a half wins. They won fourteen. First place in the AFC West. No Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs did everything, starting all new pieces, all this youth pieces. Judas Smith Schuster new, MVS new, Sky Moore new, Kadarius Tony new. McCole Hartman was banged up most of the year. Justin Watson new, and they still dominate, having the number one offense in the NFL. It is incredible. Let's take a quick break. Good take, Come back. Too. This or that with Briscoe after this home stretch. ESPN Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch. This or that with Briscoe. I just polished off my Arrow Red Lager. Feel great. Feel good. I loved it. Good, good, good. Briscoe. Would you rather face the Chargers or the Jags? That's the most likely yep. scenario that's going to happen. Absolutely. 
I'm not going to say, no, we'd play Skylar Thompson Miami. Yeah, it's not going to happen. That would be Sorry, ideal. guys. I think it's still the Jags, but it's becoming narrower and narrower by the moment. Uh, the Chargers have a different level against the Chiefs. But part of that level is usually Mike Williams, and he's not going to be there now. So it's the Jags, but more narrowly than it was a couple hours ago. Who did better turning a dumpster fire into a playoff team? Brian Dable of the Giants, Doug Peterson, and the Jags. I'm going to give it to Brian Dayball because he doesn't have Trevor Lawrence. Mm. It looked worse in Jacksonville than it was because Urban Meyer was so bad. It looked as bad as it was in, in New York because it was bad. <laughs> and I really admire how they've built that staff out. Yeah. Uh, who would you rather face? Bengals at home or Bills at a neutral site? You knew this oh, was coming. That's a good question. You knew it was I coming. I didn't know it was coming. I personally would like the game to be at Arrowhead, and uh. I personally am not playing in it. <laughs> but for the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl, Bills in Atlanta. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I think I think the Bengals are playing the best football in the NFL right now. The Bills have a lot of question marks. Von Miller is a massive loss. Davis White's not playing like the All Pro he was coming Micah back from Hyde injury. Could be back. Micah Hyde could be back, but after we saw what happened to. Uh, Tredavious White, it's yep. not just a, oh, yeah, Micah Hyde's back, now he's an all-pro. It's, yep. okay, what's he going to look like? Absolutely. Uh, Josh Allen, as good as he's been, he still makes boneheaded plays every once in a while, and I don't know it's the elbow and the injury, whatever whatever have you. He's not as consistent as Joe Burrow, which, again, my Joe Burrow is Drew Brees, 2.0 take. Yeah. Looking pretty damn good. Looking frisky. Uh, what was your worst take of the year? We did a show yesterday oh, where God. we did our worst take. We, we picked up. Uh, some of mine were Clyde Edwards-Alaire was going to be the legitimate RB1 on this team. Yeah, I didn't have that. That was a wrong one. One of my best one was Juju Smith-Schuster gets 950 yards. He had 933. I believed in the Chiefs' defense getting it figured out by the end of the year. I feel good about that. I think I've only had perfect takes this year. Oh, Sorry, come Sterling. on. I also had uh, Trey Lance as a top 10 MVP candidate. That one was a swing and a miss. I had some bad fantasy football teams, but that was... I don't know. I, I That's one that I'll marinate on a little bit. I'm sorry I don't have a great one right now. I'm going to try to get to one by the end of the show. Okay. Uh, I also had Colts winning their that division, which was uh, pretty bad. Not good. Uh, my worst take of the year was that I thought this, this Pokemon game that came out a few months ago was going to be a real step technologically in the Pokemon franchise, and it was actually a step backwards. Oh, well... That's desperate for a take. Yeah, that's good. That's fine. I didn't specify. I was meaning sports and NFL in particular, but that's okay. I don't know uh, that I have a bad NFL take. Yeah, sure, because you never have a I'm hot sure take. I'm sure I did. Or you just, no, no, it's I'm fine, sure fine, I fine. Did. Briscoe's never wrong. Briscoe's never wrong. Uh, who wins Coach of the Year this year? I, I'd vote for Dayball for the reasons I mentioned earlier. Do the wi- do the Bills win by 13.5 or more or 13.5 or less? So over I under 13.5. I don't – I'm not actually betting on that game, but I would I would take – the. I would give the points, I guess, if I absolutely had to, but I don't care for it. Dylan, what are you doing? Because I put money on the Bills to win by basically 14 points, which feels like a lot, but also it's I like Skylar the uh, Jags-Chargers uh, over, under. Very, Hold on. Wait, yeah. sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I got to see very... what I did here. Yeah, you can <laughs> basically make takes. the line minus 20-plus for Bills. And Dolphins. you and you and ripped that, yeah. Wow. Okay. Dylan's giving him three tutties. Come on. Three let score me log game. in. Let me log in. All right. So, Briscoe, you going for a more lumberjack look or more hipster vibe right now with your little beanie? Your just say what you said jacket. when I walked in today. You look like a northeastern. What did I say? Northeastern hipster. You look like a stoner lumberjack. Stoner lumberjack. And that's what I'm looking for. Have you ever rocked a piss while doing a live show? While what? Doing a live show. No. Um. No, I've done some shows on the phone before. I like the uh, Chargers-Jags under 47 and a half. Good luck with that, everybody. We are Not financial out. advice.